Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! This team's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, the whole crew here this week as we break down Pistons free agency. Guys that are, you know, unrestricted off the Pistons roster from last year. Guys they should target. The beginning of Summer League. Last week we went through the draft. We broke it all down for you. Uh, And now it's time to take that next step forward. The draft is done. We know who we have. We know where we're taking uh, the next step to. And now the Pistons need to shape out their roster. It kind of starts with the guys that, well, they had on the roster this past year that they're letting go, so we'll get into that. But before we do so, boys, how are we doing? Are we doing all right? Everybody I'm, okay? I'm doing really good. I'm really happy coming into this week's episode. And a lot of that's because of the support we got on last week's episode. You guys smashed our record of listens on podcasts, whether you listen to it on iTunes or SoundCloud, on YouTube, wherever you watched it, you smashed it, and, and you blew our record out of the water. So we really appreciate that. That's brought me into a good mood. Coming into this wow. week's episode, this is. I nice. mean, Aaron is on cloud nine right now. Guy we should is, all be. Guy is floating. I've never seen him happier. Literally, have never seen him happier in my life, in his life. I've known him his whole life. Never seen him any happier than he is right now. So I guess thank you guys for that. You we got you got happy. him through the Cam Johnson debacle. Look at this guy. Smiling. He's glowing. And he's still smiling through hearing you say that. That's what's impressive. Through it. He's glowing. Seriously. So thank you guys. Because you did this. Not Brendan or I. You did this. And we appreciate it. That's true. I'm not even phased by that right now. Aaron got up last week and walked away from the podcast as we brought that up. This week, Aaron's smiling through it. And Ryan said it. It's because of you. So we just ask that you keep that support going. You keep telling your friends. Um, I mean, we're trying to do good stuff. You know, I mean, we're trying at least, right? Yeah, and I think we're doing a good job. We've been, you know, we're, we're working on it. We're hoping to. I right, don't get arrogant. Content. Don't get arrogant. You know, wow. You know, <laughs> I, I was trying to be humble, saying we're hoping to continue to do better. But. There you go. There you go. That's okay. Well, the Pistons are trying to do better, right? And uh, they have some decisions to make. Several guys that potentially are coming off the books. Ish Smith, Wayne Ellington, Jose Calderon, Zaza Pachulia, and it's reported that the Pistons will decline uh, Glenn Robinson's player option for next year. So those are all guys that will be unrestricted free agents that Detroit had on the roster last year. And you look at that list, are there any guys that you're pursuing to bring back for next year's campaign, Aaron? I think the the biggest name on that list when it comes to holes that need to be filled is Ish Smith. Uh, I'm sure Detroit's going to look at multiple different guys on the market for the backup point guard spot. But if they end up back with Ish Smith, that's certainly not an issue considering the player that he is. He's played three good seasons in Detroit. He's served as the emergency starter, and he's been a great backup for this team. And, and, and bringing him back would be a very justifiable move 
for the Pistons. Looking at pretty much all those other free agents, and you know, unfortunately, I, I think Glad Robinson III could have panned out here in Detroit, but with Tony Snell coming in, with Sekou coming in, there's not really going to be a role for him, which makes a return pretty unlikely, even you know, with them declining the option. It didn't seem like there was a chance, but I, I initially thought coming into this offseason that he would be back, but... Jose Calderon means nothing to this team. You know, loss-wise value on the court. Losing him doesn't hurt this team. I hope he's not listening because that would, like, hurt my that is That's a tough one. Losing him means nothing. Like, oh, such a strong Jesus. evidence. Jesus. Jose Calderon does nothing well, for this team. He's a, nothing he's at all. He's a strong veteran pres- presence in the locker room. Oh, my God. He's you sound like you're on, like, career, a PR team now. You're just trying to make up the for your words. value, there's just not really a place for him. On a on a, a playoff contending team, not in a uh, in a playing role. Maybe as that 15 spot roster guy that doesn't play. But when you're Detroit and you've had the injury history at point guard that you've had, it's just not a justifiable move. I mean, we just saw it this year or last year when Smith or when Calderon, excuse me, was on that court. The team's play went down. So Calderon's not going to be a loss. Zaza Pachulia is not going to be a loss. Even though he's a veteran in the locker room, the Pistons needed a backup big that was had, had more production levels on the court, higher production levels, and they can do better than Pachulia, even for the veteran minimum. I mean, that's why we were even talking in the draft about drafting Bruno Fernando because even as a rookie, he could have provided more to the team than I think Pachulia could on the court. Wayne Ellington, another interesting name that if the Pistons didn't have so many wings on the roster, I I would think would be a big name to come back considering his skill set, his three-point shooting. Uh, But with with Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, Kyrie Thomas, Tony Snell, Sekou, Zilv Langston Galloway, there just really isn't the need for him when you have to address stuff at point guard, when you need to probably get another power forward, and you need at least one more center. So there's just really not a spot for him either. Um, but I think I just covered everyone. I'm pretty sure you just knocked it all out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine because there's not a whole lot more to add to that except for I wouldn't be mad if none of those guys came back. Like, if Ish comes back, Ish comes back. But I don't expect Zaza. No, Zaza won't be back. Jose won't be back. Glenn won't be back. I don't think Wayne Ellington's coming back. Ish is the only maybe. And I don't see him coming back. Yeah, I see them I w- trying to pursue other options first. Well, let's put it let's put it this way: Are you for or are you against bringing back Ish Smith? Ooh, that's a good question. Good question. I'm like neutral right now. Yeah, yeah. Give me a side. Come on. Okay, no, I'm not trying to be middleman Ryan here, but I am kind of neutral on this right now, depending on what their plan is going into free agency. Right. I mean, what if they want to spend their little bit of money they have going after a guy like Collison or Seth Curry? Collison, I don't see happening. I know everyone wants that to happen. I'd love for that to happen, but he's not coming here. But like a guy like Seth Curry, what if they're willing to put the chips in and Seth Curry? Like before we we hear that, you know, before everything actually starts happening, then I'm like, no, get Ish out of here. But if it sounds like everything's breaking down right in the hours, like the day before, you know, they can start doing stuff. Then okay, Ish, get on the phone. Like I'm fine with Ish. Yeah, he's not my first option. I, yeah. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm not saying I'm against so, him coming back, but he's not my first option. Talking myself through that right there, I guess I'm pro bringing him back, but it's not my first or second option. And here's the other thing: I am not opposed to Wayne Ellington being brought back either. He's another guy that shot the ball pretty decent. You saw him at times have that you know take over a game ability. Not like he can could do that on a consistent basis, but 
you know, if you can add him into your second unit, that's a, I, that's it, fine. He's, he's coming qual- off the bench. You know, he's a quality second. But where unit. does he fit? Where does he fit when your bench? Let's say it's Ish Smith. You have, let's say Luke Kennard starting. Let's say Tony Snell starting. So you have Kyrie Thomas. You have Bruce Brown. You have Langston Galloway. You have Seku. Are there minutes for Wayne Ellington to be had? Like, are you going to play him over Bruce Brown slash Kyrie Thomas and Seku? I mean, you know, to me, Bruce Brown is an interesting one because I don't want to sit here and say that Bruce Brown's just out of the mix in my mind. But if Bruce Brown is as big of an offensive liability as he was last year, then I'm sorry. I'm kind of hopping off the train. I know the guy can defend, but if he if he's a guy that's literally in the corner, wide open in a catch-and-shoot opportunity, and he just holds it like he's a center at the top of the key that needs to give a quick handoff, I'm sorry. I'm off the train. Then, yes, I would play him over Bruce Brown. And I know you've got a young Kyrie Thomas, but I'm still thinking Kyrie Thomas could even slide into the mix as that backup one option, too. Are, but... Are you going to spend money on Ellington when he's going to command money when you have holes at backup point guard and you have holes at the backup big spots? When you have Brown, Thomas, Galloway, Sekou, all that could get minutes, Ant V, all those guys that could get minutes on the wing, you have four different options off the bench to get minutes at the wing. Are you going to bring in Wayne and use a good chunk of your money and then have to sacrifice talent level at the backup point guard spot and backup big spot? Well, one thing I would like to see is us, and maybe the Pistons have, but continue to explore options of moving that Langston deal. And they will. I mean, hey, if they were able to move John Luer and then get the return that they did, a starting-level player and, yeah. and a pick, they'll be able to move Galloway, who's on a lesser deal and is a more valuable player. Right. To where if you move Galloway, then, yeah, I would still I would still consider, depending what the price tag is. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't overspend. Right, I would not overspend. Well, so, I wouldn't so get ballpark unreasonable. It, ballpark it. <sighs> because this is a guy be... that came to Detroit and what, said what, what, he's what is... playing for one more payday in the offseason. He wants to secure a deal in the offseason. He's not going to take the vet men. What, well, what, what do you think he commands? He could command five, six, seven million. If it's four to five, are you against paying him that? I, I just think he's going to be upside of that. I think he's at least six. He could I was going to say seven. Nine. I was like, going to say seven to like, eight. Honestly, he, okay. He's I didn't think he was just, that. I didn't think he was that worth that just, high of a. I know you was. don't think it, but think about the contracts that are about to be handed out, and think how he is a specialist. He shoots the hell out of the three ball. There's going to be a team out there. I'm not saying the Lakers, but a team like that who needs someone like they don't have the room, but there's someone like that who's contending, who might have the room, who needs that sharpshooter off the bench. It's and, it's. And it's going to be something like that. He's going to command the money. It's very comparable yeah. to Reggie Bullock. Um, oh God, the other guy, the other, J.J. Redick, that's the guy that was getting my mind. Those guys that move off the screens, quick shooters, like those are guys that get paid. Expect Ellington to move fast too this offseason. Yeah. Because there's so many free agents that if you get lost in the shuffle or you take your time, your value's going to go down oh, on your yeah. contract. That's a very good He's point. He's going to move quick because he wants – like Aaron said, like he stated when he signed here, yeah. I'm playing for one more payday. He knows he's going to have to move quick in the offseason. He's going to have to be literally on the phone on June 30th, his agent, 601. Yeah, hey, let's go. What are we doing? Like, Let's get this in. Let's get it done. So then let me flip this question back. Wayne Ellington, you know, d- does it come off the board right away? Takes his time. Value goes down. 
Now he's commanding four and a half. Four and a half for three years. Do you sign him or no? No. The Pistons have other options. They have three young shooting guards on the roster, another young forward. There's just no no viable reason to spend money on another like your seventh or eighth wing when you need a backup point guard, a backup center, and probably another for, power forward. Complete agreement with Aaron on this one. Damn it, we've been agreeing so much for the last, what, four months now? We didn't agree for 20 years. 18, 19 years. Seriously. Of anything. And now all of a sudden, the last four years, we're agreeing on... Last four years. Last four months, we agree on everything. But there's no need to spend money on a two-guard or a three right now. A small three. A small three. When the business need length. There is no need to spend the money there. The money has to go to finding a big backup big man, either at the four or five, and a point guard. That's where the money needs to be focused. So then here's another question, okay? Let's maybe start looking at some unrestricted guys, okay? And i got to plug this as well. Aaron did a real nice job video breaking down some targets uh, that Detroit could go after in free agency. YouTube video, check that out on our brand new YouTube page. You can just search Palace of Pistons, you'll find it. Uh, But it's also up on all of our social media. It's available on the website. So plenty of outlets to get to that video. Um, But there's a guy that recently... He kind of his names come back into the fold a little bit. Aaron and I have talked about this minimally off the podcast, but Isaiah Thomas, and yeah, he, he, yeah I just saw a tweet yesterday uh, or whatever he put it out. Um, he's like, just somebody needs to give me a chance, like a legit chance, you know, and I'll do the rest or something to that effect, right? And I, I'm just wondering, would Pistons fans be interested if they could get a maybe two year deal, reasonable money? With Isaiah Thomas and, and take a flyer on him, I think it's a I think it's an all win scenario, but I'd like your guys' thoughts. So my and I and I talked about this just a few minutes ago. My injury concerns at the point guard spot are, are, are so large just because of Reggie Jackson's injury history, and you go back to Ishmith's injury this past season. The Pistons have always needed a third point guard to step in and be capable of playing. And they had that for a little bit in Dwight Bikes, but they didn't bring him back. Then they ended up with Jose Calderon, and it didn't work out well. And it's bringing in a guy like Isaiah Thomas, who would be your backup, he would be your number two on the depth chart, but him and Reggie Jackson's injury history, you mix in the fact that Thomas didn't really play well or mesh with the Nuggets when he came back from injury, it just very much concerns me. If the Pistons had... Another option at point guard. You know, if Jordan Bone was someone that they really believed could be that third string point guard, could step in if an injury happened, then I guess I'd be okay with it. But putting all my chips in a basket on Isaiah Thomas and, and locking him into a multi year deal as well, I don't know what kind of money he's going to command, but that concerns me as well. Do the Pistons want to start locking in those long, that long term money when the rest of that cap space is going to start opening up with Jackson coming off the books? Galloway coming off the books. You have Drummond's player option. Do you think he commands a lot of money? Because I, I don't. I don't think know. He I don't know what he'll contract. command. He may only be a veteran minimum guy, and if so, then maybe it makes sense. But if he starts getting up to six, seven million, oh, okay, I different. Just, yeah, I just don't know if that's the right right decision, and I don't know if Isaiah Thomas is going to lock in a two year deal at the veteran minimum when he's trying to think, or he's thinking, I want to get back to being that starter, that all-star level player. He's probably looking for one year at the most, and I don't even know if he's going to want to take the minimum. He might you know, be saying, I want $5 million. I can do. I, I know what I can do. 
And, I, I mean, it's a slippery slope with that. The Pistons have to make sure that they have protection at the point guard spot. And Isaiah Thomas doesn't necessarily provide the best protection. I'm still caught up in Dwight Bikes. That What a name. You yeah. can't let that go. I know you're a huge Dwight Bikes I will guy. never let that go. I mean, 20 years from now, you should be like, hey, I like Dwight Bikes. That, that's a name. My goodness. But anyway, Isaiah Thomas' value is no more than one year in the vet minimum. That's all he's going to get right that's now. That's where my mind was. That's all Because the league right now doesn't find a lot of value in him. Injury prone, didn't mesh well in Denver. Um, he's been bouncing he, around. Bouncing around. Had, had his know? problems in Cleveland. Right now, I don't feel like the league. I could be wrong because I'm not in a front office, but I feel like the league doesn't quite value him, and that's why he's just asking for that chance. He's not going to ask for any two, three, four-year deal. He's going to ask for one year. It's going to be the vet minimum, and he's going to try to prove himself. That being said, I can't say I would do it when you have an injury-prone Reggie Jackson and an unproven Jordan Bone. I can't take the risk with how... We're we're in win-now mode, are we not in Detroit? Win-now mode, I I can't justify our backup point guard being a guy who's you're taking a chance on who's trying to find his career again. I need someone who's established at this point. I would say yes if the Pistons through you know workouts, through summer league, through training camp, decided that Svima Hailuk or, or Kyrie Thomas or even Luke Kennard could play the one if necessary. And that's where my mind was at because I'm thinking, you know, where's Kyrie Thomas in the mix? Is he not an option for that third point I, guard? I, well, I think they're looking at Fee more at point guard than they are Kyrie. Okay. I know they're working with Kyrie on some point guard stuff, but they've publicly said that they are very interested in seeing what Fee at 6'8 can be as a point guard. So, And we'll see Fee in Summer League. I'm sure both him and Kyrie Thomas are going to get point guard reps along with Bone. But, you know, I, the Pistons might roll the dice at that. You know, And, and, and for a team that ceiling isn't necessarily all too high right now. If they want to take a gamble on Isaiah Thomas and maybe he comes back and he's just really good backup. You know, he's a fringe starter. Then it really worked out for you for a year. But they need to have uh, an insurance plan, uh, a backup to the backup if, you know, things go awry. Well, my thing is Detroit's a 41-41 and team last year, right? There's a few bounces go their way. Maybe they win 45 games. If you bounces go the other way, maybe they only win 38 games, right? So they're a 41-win team. And I don't think we're looking at next season as uh, expecting any more than a plus or minus five win differential. You know, I'm thinking they're in that ballpark. Maybe they get up to 45. If they have a couple bad breaks and guys get hurt, then they're in the low to or maybe the mid-30s, right? Um, so... With that being said, if Isaiah Thomas comes back and is good, right, and, and plays well, then maybe you're even able to extend him as a short-term starting point guard here in Detroit while you groom a Jordan Bone. If it doesn't work out and he gets hurt, well, then, yeah, it's a one-year thing, right? And, and, yeah, then you may have to throw a guy like Kyrie Thomas or Jordan Bone into the fire. But to me, if you're Detroit... It's a gamble worth taking, because and what do you what do you really have to lose? And, and I guess kind of to back up your point, which is weird to do because I don't like agreeing with you, but with Svi, with Kyrie, with Bruce, with Luke, and with Seku, 
there's not enough room from the two spot to the three spot for all those guys to get enough playing time and to hit their potential. One of them at least is going to have to be a point guard, and Sekou, if all these guys are going to be Pistons for a while, might have to be a four, which we know he can play. We know he's a, a three and four. But at least one of these guys, mainly V or Kyrie, are going to have to become a point guard if they have a future with this team. Mm-hmm. There's no point in holding on to four or five shooting guards and shooting guards only and, and expecting anything to come from it. So at least one of those guys needs to become a point guard. So if, if the Pistons want to keep these guys around, they need to decide or they need to challenge Kyrie and Sfeet a battle to be another, a point guard option, that third string point guard, yeah. and see what comes of it. And they'll have they'll and have to you, play too. No matter who they sign, they have to do that. They have to start. No, I, yeah, no, it you that doesn't to do matter. That. Even like they bring, let's say they bring in Seth Curry. Let's doesn't say that matter. happens. It doesn't matter. One of those guys needs to start being groomed as a point guard. It's just kind of where you're at with the log jam. All the right. sudden there is at the two and three spot. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that's one name out there. I mean, we've talked about Seth Curry, right? And the thing with Seth Curry that will be interesting is, you know, Seth is going to command, I think, a lot of offers. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that try to get into the mix because he's a guy that can play the one and the two, that shoots the ball at an efficient rate. Um, But Seth is bounced around. And you'd have to think that for him, this is like a three-, four-year deal you're trying to sign. You want to get some stability. You want to find a place to, to, to be, to stay, to you know have that nice little payday, you know? And I really feel like if Detroit, I don't know if teams are going to offer him the long-term deal that he may desire. I think Detroit's best chance at him is that if they become the team that, you know, everybody's throwing two-year deals at Seth and Detroit says, hey, we'll, we'll give you two in a player option, you know? We'll give you three years will give you some additional flexibility and security. I think that's the only way they really sign him because why else are you going to lure him here rather than him going to a contender if it's a two-year deal kind of thing? No, Brendan, I absolutely agree with you. I think Seth Curry is going to want that stability, want that deal. Um, You're right. He's bounced around the league a little bit. He's not going to want that. He's going to want some stability. And for the Pistons to get him, they'll probably have to overpay a little bit. Yep. And you're right. I think teams would probably give him a two-year deal. Or even if it's a three-year deal from teams, Detroit's going to have to match it plus a player option. They're going to have to pay overpay a little bit, and they're going to have to get X, X many years and a player option right. the next year. Like They're, they're just going to have to outdo it on that contract. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's the only way you get them. And, I mean, and that's why you know I know a lot of Pistons fans, I know a lot of Pistons Twitter really likes the idea of Seth Curry in Detroit. But that's why I'm just not all into it. Because you're going to have to overpay him. And I've already talked about his lack of fit, in my opinion, with the team. He's going to have to play point guard. He's kind of transitioned from playing point guard to being a full-time shooting guard, even small ball three with the Portland Trailblazers. He's really not a point guard anymore. Yes, he can play it here and there, but he's going to have to do it when there's you know another one or two other ball handlers on the court that can initiate the offense. And you know that's not a knock against Curry. He's a good player. He's a great shooter. But he just doesn't fit the need as much as a Patrick Beverly, a Darren Collison, a Corey Joseph. The list goes on and on. You know, he just doesn't have the same value. Although he may be a better player, 
He doesn't have the same value to Detroit. So who's the who's the guy you go after? Backup point guard. You got to make a move. You know, who are your top couple guys you're targeting if you're Detroit? I'd say Patrick Beverly, but reports came out today that he wants ten to thirteen million a year. So knock him off the list. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't immediately 10 to 13. gone. Yeah, he's a starter. Realistic too. options, guys. He's a starter. But the thing too. is, what made him realistic was that he wasn't a full time starter with the Clippers last year. He only started forty something games. And because Shea Gilgis Alexander was so good, and they had Landry Shamet come in, and they had so many different guys at the guard spot that he wasn't full time. Um, I think realistic option options. You got to look at Corey Joseph, a great defender, not the best shooter, which concerns me, but a really good defender. You know, moves the ball, competitor would fit with that kind of Detroit mantra, that Blake Griffin style, that Detroit mentality. That would all come together with Corey Joseph. Another guy that's you know, people are trying to say, oh, the Pistons should go after him. Is Rajon Rondo, which absolutely not. I mean, I don't even want, I don't even need to explain why the Pistons should not go after Rajon Rondo. Another guy that people like, Derrick Rose. I don't love Derrick Rose. Uh, I'd, I'd hop on the Rose train. I'm I, with you, Rondo. Don't just. I wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe you disagree. No. Yes. Are you with Aaron? Or I'm you? indifferent about Derrick Rose, to be honest. I was talking about Rondo. Are you oh, good? Rondo. I'm sorry. I thought okay. you were talking about. Are you, are you oh good? no, I don't want Ro- okay, Rajon Rondo here at all. The Rose thing, I could, I could, depending on the price, could hop on board. I just, I'm not a huge fan. Inefficient shooter. People are going to say, oh, he shot 47 percent for how many ever months last season, but he was a like what, low 30s. High 20s, three-point percent shooter throughout every other year in his career. I'm not going to buy like 50, you know, 40 games worth of good three-point shooting, especially when he ended the season shooting the ball terribly. I'm not going to buy into that. You know, if the Pistons are going to go after a guy that can't shoot and going to play the point guard spot, they might as well bring back Ish Smith, who has that different style of play to the team, his change of pace, his transition level play, who has a familiar, familiar air. Oh my God, I can't say that word. I've done familiar that. Familiar that already. I've done that on the podcast so many times, but he knows the system. Familiar. Or, or, or go get Corey Joseph, who's a really good defensive player, is also different than Reggie Jackson, and I think Rose might command a, little, a bit more money this year, you know, so I'm not all that interested in Rose. I think Corey Joseph is realistic option. I think Darren Collison's somewhat realistic. But he was a starter last year in Indiana. Does he want to come off the bench? I don't know. But I think you got to start with the two Indiana point guards and, and kind of go from there. Ish Smith is another guy that I would, again, I'd be fine bringing him back. It doesn't really sound like Aaron likes anyone. Yeah, no. I mean, he, he would provide no value to this team. I mean, seriously, I don't, like, legitimately, I don't think you really like anyone. I wanted to ask, like, who, so who are you bringing in? Because you went through the whole list, and because Pat Beverly is very unrealistic at this point. You went through the whole list and went like, eh, no thank you to all of them. Yeah, you were like, eh, maybe, I don't really okay, think you so want, with Thomas. Do you want I some guys? Do you want some guys that I actually like? Yeah, who do you like? Like, who, what would make Aaron Johnson happy? Okay, I, I, I like Shelvin Mack, cheap, can shoot, not a bad passer. Uh, I, like, I really like Tyus Jones, but he's a restricted free agent. But Derek Rose has been linked to the Timberwolves as of late, and the Wolves are... Look, probably looking to try to create some cap space to bring him in, which means they would have to renounce Tyus Jones most likely. And the Pistons should be all in on Tyus Jones because that's a guy that could eventually become your starting point guard too. But he would be a great backup. That's the guy that the Pistons should go after. If he's a, if he's attainable, you know, that's the guy. Finally nice to hear Aaron talking, like, you know, nicely about another Positive. human being. Yeah, seriously. But, I mean, it, it's the, the bigger names to me... 
it was Patrick Beverly, but I pretty much consider him impossible at this point, considering the price he wants. So it's it's Tyus Jones, it's Darren Collison, it's Corey Joseph, it's Ishmith. Not a lot of guys would satisfy me after that, if, if I'm being completely honest. Because I, I was going to say, honestly, I'm kind of in the same boat you are, where I don't really like a whole lot of people. Tyus Jones was a name I was going to bring up. I really like Tyus Jones a lot. If that is a viable option, I'd love to see the Pistons go for it. Even if you have to lock him into some money. Like, that's oh, a guy you lock into That's a guy that money. can start. Like, I, I would absolutely lock him into some money. Um, another name, a dark horse name for me, which I don't think a lot of Pistons are going to like this name, is Emmanuel Moutier. Um, rough go at it when he came in the league in Denver. Found himself a little bit in New York. That's a guy, if they strike out on their options... You could see them mm-hmm. pursuing. And I don't think that would be the worst thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not happy about that. If I'm that. Detroit, I'm okay on a short-term deal, you know, taking a flyer on a guy. That's a guy who was starting to find himself do. a little bit in New York. I'm not saying it's anything special. This is the backup point card. But if Detroit has a list and they strike out on their top few options, I wouldn't be surprised to hear those two uh, parties are in some talks. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> I, just, I really, I really like Tyus Jones. Not yes, doesn't have, absolutely doesn't have the best shooting numbers. He's still developing as a shooter, which you can work with at 23 years old. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, you can. He gets to the cup, a very good passer, a decent defender. You know, he, he just fits. He, he defends well. He just he, he would be that guy that you could spend some money on, you can invest on, and go from there. And he, and, he, and, can play, and he can play now and contribute. And if the Pistons have an injury issue, he can start. And he would not be a bad starter. So then the other hole on the Pistons roster is that backup big man, right? Whether it's a center or you're moving Thon to the backup five and you're signing a backup power forward. Most real, you know, More realistically, you're signing a backup center. Thon's Could more of a backup honestly. four. Um, he you're, probably, you're not a Thon guy? You don't think Thon... Cr- well, I think they just need to get insurance at the power forward spot. I okay, feel like they, I feel like they need a third power forward. Maybe he plays both power forward and center. So maybe they get you know that kind of tweener big. But I think they need to get insurance. You know because Stan, he played very bad in the playoffs. You know he was pretty much unplayable, and the Pistons had to play him because they didn't have anyone else. Mm. So it's almost he's getting like they stronger need though. To get you watching guy. those workout videos, bro? <laughs> yeah. You watching yeah. those? He's getting yeah. stronger. Okay. Don't hate. Okay. Don't hate the player. Stay in the gym, Thon. I actually, Stay in the gym. But Eat the weights, bro. You got to. You got to. But the, the thing is, and it's weird because the center spot is the least important position, but there's actually a decent amount of guys on the market for backup centers. Al Horford? Like. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brennan, you're kicked off the show. What? You hate Al Horford or something? I said backup center. What, you give him four years, $100 million to your backup center? Yeah. Jeez. That's what Detroit does. We invest hey, Gore in our go, men. Gore said he'd go into the luxury tax. Oh my goodness! But anyway, <laughs> I think I think Aaron's boys are Robin Lopez. Yes. Dwayne Dedman. Yes. Jeff Green. Not as a uh, not at all. I don't love Jeff Green, but as that 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 tweener or yeah, as that tweener. That's what I'm talking about. Small ball center, I'd be fine with, but I don't want him in a big role. Like I, that's like a third power forward, third center, like a matchup power forward, you know, if, if you're playing against a guy that Thon can't handle. But center-wise, on the market, Robin Lopez and Dwayne Dedman. Dedman's probably out of Detroit's price point. Ro- Lopez is a bit more attainable. I also like Kyle O'Quinn, just 
that guy that doesn't need a lot of touches, but will rebound the basketball, will defend the basket. Um, you know, would it be expensive by any stretch of the imagination? Epke Udo, another really good rim protector. Joakim Noah has had a pretty good return season in Memphis. I'd kind of like him for what he brings to the table. I, there are some centers that I think the Pistons could not have to spend too much money on and provide value and provide depth to this team. One guy I would not mind bringing in is Robin Lopez. Um, the Lopez brothers have been an absolute thorn in the Detroit Pistons' side yeah. their whole career. Even when it looked like the Lopez brothers were starting to fall off, they still play fantastically against Detroit. Um, and Robin Lopez is just that that son-of-a-gun hard worker who gets in people's heads. He's a Detroit guy. He, he rebounds. He defends the rim. He can. He's got some touch around the rim. I would not mind bringing in Robin Lopez as your backup center. Yeah. I like Dwayne Dedman, but like Aaron said, probably out of the price range, especially if mm-hmm. they attack backup point guard first and they try to go Which kinda, they should. Which they should, and they try to go big with it, or as big as they can really. That's going to leave minimal money for your backup center spot. So I think it's really between one or the other. So, And I don't think Robin Lopez is going to command some huge contract. No, he should be attainable, and I think he's the perfect fit. Because then it would also give just some different balance to the offense, and it would allow some of your guards in the second unit to to really take over, you know, the game and score the basketball. If Sekou's in your second unit, maybe gives him a larger offensive role. Um, so I'm I really, I really wish the Suns would take Langston for Aaron Baines because Detroit needs Baines. You back. love. All the old Pistons. Well, you're gonna love where I'm going. And I next just wish I got I got bro, great news. Oh, up he's next. I, I already God, know where you're going. I, which I'm me too. Well, no, actually, it could go like one of twelve ways. No, no, there's one. There is. I know there's one. one. There's, there's one. one. I we know, know there's one. We know what it is, um, and he's over here like yeah. yeah. But, like this this town in general is infatuated with all the guys who used to be on the team. Uh huh. You guys, we were trash. We've been trash for quite a while. Maybe let's change it up a little bit. Aaron Baines wasn't the issue, and neither was Anthony Tolliver, who Vincent Ellis of the Detroit Free Press said today that there's a chance Tolliver makes his return for the third time with the Detroit Pistons, and my God, this would be the highlight of free agency for the Pistons, if they can bring back Tolliver's, if they can bring back the Tolliver effect, oh my goodness. Try to tell me the Pistons won't win a championship next year if Anthony Tolliver is on the team. You will never convince me that's not going to happen. This guy is the epitome of Detroit basketball. Every fan in the world that watches the Pistons knows Anthony Tolliver is that man, is that dude, is that exciting, is that awesome. Is this a WWE promotion? He is is that man. He He is that dude. He is the guy. If if the Pistons can get Anthony Tolliver back... Plan the damn title celebration. Okay. Plan this that parade. city's infatuation with Anthony Tolliver is, I, I can't even, I don't know if there's ever been an athlete in this town that's gotten more love than, than Anthony, Anthony Tolliver. Tolliver. Rightfully so. I like Anthony Tolliver. Anthony Tolliver is an awesome dude. And he's a great leader. And it wouldn't be a bad thing to have him on this team. I'd be fine if he signed here. But my goodness. People... People I'm, legitimately I think like, this guy takes them to the next level. Well, he does. I am, guys, f- come on. I am for signing. Who. Blake Griffin, who? Anthony freaking Tolliver. Can you walk the out? Small ball lineup, this is, I the know. small ball lineups with Blake at the five and Tolliver at the four. I'm literally, it, I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing the Pistons 
holding the Larry O'Brien trophy right now. I'm seeing it all. I'm seeing Tolliver holding the Bill Russell MVP trophy, finals MVP trophy. I'm seeing it right now. Does somebody want to come wake Aaron up out of his fever dream? It's all happening. My goodness. I'm serious. It's like there's this whiteboard in front of us. It's all being drawn out for him. It's all being drawn out. Anthony Tolliver, 2019-2020 NBA championship, finals MVP. Fever dream. Pump the brakes. Pump no, Aaron, the brakes. Aaron has two loves in his life. Anthony Tolliver and Stanley Johnson. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I, the perfect three. Tolliver is an un- or, or Stanley Johnson now an unrestricted free agent. The Pistons could bring Stanley back. I'm going to tell you. All I'm going to say is this. Small ball Aaron four. will give me shit so much for saying yeah, a different opinion on this podcast. You never, ever... Are allowed to do that again after what Ryan and I just sat here and listened to. That was outrageous. Look, all I'm saying no, no, is no, 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 no. Stanley you, Johnson, you're done. Stanley you're done. Johnson, Anthony. Tyler, I literally just put my hand in his Baines, mouth. That's all gross. back you're done. on the team. Thirty wins next plan, year. Let's go. Plan the championship parade. The only championship know. that the Pistons have a chance to win. Is the Summer League Championship this year. If you look at their roster, Detroit is loading it up. Between Seku, Davidis, you're going to have Bruce Brown, you're going to have Kyrie Thomas, you're going to have Speed Mikhailu. I mean, Jesus. They are loaded going into Summer League, Ryan. Plan that hey, championship stop. parade right now. Hey, Plan two. Your... One for Summer League, one for the regular season. I talked to Ryan. Plan them both. I literally I asked Ryan a question. I, I tossed hey, it to Ryan. Svee's a Summer League monster. He is. I expect him to win Summer League MVP, honestly. If he doesn't, like, it's no, a bust. No lie. I expect him to win Summer, MVP Summer League MVP. MVP season or bust? MVP tournament or, or bust. bust. But, uh, no, I mean, this Summer League lineup of Svee, Jordan Bone, Bruce Brown, Kyrie Thomas, Seku, uh, Boatwright, whatever or whatever his name yeah, is. I Benny like Boatwright, Boatwright, yeah. Benny I Boatwright, like Boatwright, yeah. I like him too. Uh, uh, Davidis. Davidis. Servetus. Matt McQuaid. Matt McQuaid. Brendan, Matt McQuaid. Brendan, your guy, Matt McQuaid. Why haven't you said that yet? Because I'm not an asshole like you that just starts screaming about not that important things. But yeah, Matt McQuaid is a nice signing. Yeah, I think Matt McQuaid can make it on an NBA roster. Okay, well, okay? what the? Slow the hell down. No, I think Matt McQuaid can make it on an NBA roster. Slow down. He, he's a, he is a future nice backup wing. He ain't that this year's defend. Duncan Robinson. Let's just put it that way. There, there's a lot of pumping of the brakes yeah. we all need to do here. I, I made a very reasonable statement that Matt McQuaid can make it onto an NBA roster, okay? And he can... At time, maybe at some point provide some value on an NBA roster. So, Aaron, chill, bro. Relax. Okay? You you under control now? Are you are you okay? I'm just getting texts about this championship parade. That I think planning. Aaron had like a medical <laughs> emergency Aaron, right there. Hey, I love the passion. I love the passion. But it's just, I don't know. It's just misguided, even though it's it, we all know he's messing around. Maybe. No, he's not. No, no he's not, not on this. You I guys actually so. know he's not. He's actually dead serious. But anyway. Bre- Aaron, he just said they're teal rings. What? Let's talk Summer League. <laughs> let's talk Summer League. What do you like about this team? Well, it's deep. And there's a lot of different lineups that I'm looking for. I'm looking for 
Some, I'm looking for a lot of Seku. I mean, how could you not be? Oh, I need Seiku? so much Seku. I need I all need so of much Seku. I need Seku with a three. I need Seku with a four. I need Seku initiating the offense. I need Seku small ball five. I need it all from Seku. I'm looking for my point guards. I'm looking for Jordan Bone. I'm looking for Sfi. I'm looking for Kyrie. I need to see if Bruce has improved his shot yet. It's going to be a work in progress. It's not going to come all together at once. But I need to see if that shot form is at least better. It doesn't have that that hitch at the top of it where it looks like he's loading it up and it like stops for a second. I need to see that, that that's improved. Let's see what Lewis King can do. Let's see if... Uh, Davida Servitas is over, and, and what you know if he really is that six eight six nine kind of Luke Kennard style player. Let's see what Benny Boatwright can do with the big man spot. I think that could be the third you know combo big for Detroit if they if they wanted him to be. Um, you know, there, oh, there's I make a comment about an undrafted free you know, undrafted kid can make an NBA roster. Whoa, Aaron makes a comment that he could be in the potential rotation for I, the no, Pistons. No, no, no. I said no, the third, didn't say rotation. I said, third, I said potential to you know, be, get into the rotation. I said potential to be in no, the rotation. I, no, that's not what I was saying. I'm saying injuries happen. Behind, he gets in the rotation. Drummond, Blake, Thon, whatever center they sign in free agency, then you can have Benny Boatwright. So, but again, if so he's a big, big on the depth chart. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Aaron's still saying guy has a place on NBA rosters and undrafted. Well, you're saying Matt McQuaid because you're Michigan State bias. Aaron, Aaron, you stop it. Just stop it. I think Benny Boatwright provides more value than a Matt McQuaid, so I'm on Aaron's side here, honestly. What a surprise. I mean, but I mean, honestly, though, like in reality, if you're not excited about this summer league, which apparently everyone is, because whenever I tweet something about summer league, and whenever something goes up on summer league on the website, click, click, mention, tweet, whatever, like everyone starts interacting with it. Because the Pistons fan base loves summer league because, because they the can people actually are excited to see how Kyrie Thomas has developed. If Bruce Brown's shot has found its form, what Svee's been doing this whole time? We haven't seen, we haven't seen or heard Svee in forever. For, like, what has he like, been doing? Dude, Where has he been? This is what is Seku. People are stoked. Honestly, on that. summer league is like a it's like a season of a reality TV show, and you're like you've been waiting for this show like since last season, you know, and it's finally back. And you've got all these questions about all these characters. We haven't seen Svee since like season two. Where has he been? <laughs> You know, Seku. Oh my God! You just kind of see the you new know, character. It's a right. new character. You saw him in the promo. What does he do? Who is this guy? Right? Uh, Potential I, lead act of the show. Here, oh my so. God! <laughs> that's the thing. Oh my God! I'm People are tuning in to see if that's real. Summer League is like a Netflix TV show, and you're just waiting for the drop. There's just a lot of excitement because Seku has that massive, massive upside. And and I think for the first time in a while. And this is, you know, with, even without, you know, your Luke Kennard on the roster, if you want to include Don Maker, the Pistons have a lot of youth again. And we haven't seen that in a, quite a while. You're right. You go down. I mean, there's a lot of main roster guys on this summer league team. Bruce, Kyrie, Svi, Seku, Davides. You know, it could be Benny Boatwright. We no, keep Davides Servides. That's yeah. his name, yeah. Why, why are we calling him Davides? I don't know. Why are we calling him? We're calling Seku... It's Seku. easier. It's easier I to think, say I, think, I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't Jordan think who sticks better than uh, Davidas. Just call him Servitas. I don't. I don't know. That's just me. This we're is what we're going to disagree. We're talking this about the same. Guy. Okay, we can't be talking about this here. I'm sorry. But this is nonsense. Back to the point. There's you know six, seven, eight guys that could potentially be on the main roster on opening mm-hmm. night. 
that's a lot, and that's exciting, especially for a team that just is coming off a playoff appearance and has an all-star, a fringe all-star also on their roster. Like, that's exciting. Like, yeah. it's it's like, you know, maybe this team's ceiling with Kennard and with Sekou and these other guys, maybe it's not championship, but maybe it's going up a little bit. Maybe in you know, a year or two, maybe Blake's still got one more year left. Maybe this team, you know, depending on what other moves they make, maybe they can do something. But... Even if it's not that, it's just young talent and, and new faces and and that potential. People love potential, and, and the nice and thing people is, drool over it, and they're gonna watch it, and they're gonna be mm-hmm. you know waiting to see what where that potential goes. So, I mean, I get why there's a lot of excitement over it. I'm excited for it, but I've been able to watch basketball since the finals ended, and I haven't been able to watch Pistons basketball since April. So, I'm excited for it probably more than most people. Well, but, the thing the thing with the youth is that. It shows that, you know, the page after the Blake Griffin era, or at least, like, in this contract where you're relying on Blake, at least that there's, you know, something... You're going to be able to flip the page, and there might be yeah. something there. It's not a it's blank to Exactly. You know, you're not looking at, like, at the end of this Blake era where we're not going to win a, a championship. Crash, you know? Exactly. You're looking like, hey... You, there's going to be something en- there. We can enjoy this. We can enjoy this. And then we can turn the page, and we have something to look forward to. I mean, and that's what's exciting about where the Pistons are at. Theoretically, looking after the Blake contract, you'll have Luke, you'll have Sekou, hopefully one or if not both of Svi and Kyria figured it out. You'll have Bruce Brown. There's Bruce Brown is still a question mark. I'm Pistons, sorry. We'll just go real quick, fast forward here. Post-Blake era. And let's say Seku and Luke have figured it out, and they're you know top level players. I mean, Luke's like you know reaches his potential, and right. Seku, you know, he's that dude. I think at that point, a guy like Svi or Bruce Brown or Kyrie, someone's going to be sacrificed oh, yeah, for a bigger piece. Has to be. So maybe even two of them. Yeah, maybe even two of them. Yeah. So that's something that goes into that too. So let's hope those guys keep. Yeah. Developing and developing and developing. Yeah, it's you gotta hope Luke and and Seku hit their peaks, but then you gotta hope one of one, Bruce, yes. Svi, or Kyrie really hits and becomes that starting level point guard or you know elite six man wing. That's that's kind of gotta yeah. be the hope because because I think then you can figure other things out. Yeah, you're oh, hoping absolutely. long term that Seku moves to the four, so you're bringing in another elite wing three man. So now you've got like. You've got a lot of different options. You have threats on the wing, guys that can score the ball, etc. And you can actually win. Kyrie yeah. yeah. Oh my oh, goodness! What was that? I'm hey, sorry. Hey, I'm that's sorry. Great. Oh, that... You're only saying that because he went to Michigan. As long as, <laughs> as long as Anthony Tolliver is on that team, God, Anthony Tolliver is going to be a hundred. And hey, man, get him on the bench. He's good for. I'm just going to morale. I'm just going to. You guys are acting like just Anthony gonna... Tolliver wasn't a, a super valuable player. When in his time with the Pistons, like elite shooter, elite, elite defender, outstanding so veteran. These, these are big adjectives. Listen, here. so Anthony big. Tolliver and Steph Curry in a shooting comparison are on the same level. Anthony Tolliver, shut your mouth! Percentage. Shut your mouth! Keep your mouth shut. Anthony Just Tolliver shut. had a better shooting percentage than Seth Curry in his final in, in Tolliver's final year with the Pistons. He had a better shooting percentage. And what was the number of shots difference? I don't know. I'm just saying he's an elite shooter because statistically he's an elite shooter. Shut up. Okay. Well, Pistons, you know what? You can at least look forward to Summer League. Starting July 5th. You just want clicks. You're talking about Tolliver for clickbait. 
Give me all the clicks, honestly. I'm not even going to front to you guys. Give me all the clicks, because once you click, you're going to be like, oh, shit, this is great content. Oh, my goodness. Hey, so, Summer League starts July 5th, right? Yeah. Tiverse Croatia. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I know nothing about Croatia. I it's not even you. like it's another NBA I could, team where it's nope. like, oh, they got, you know. Maybe uh, we know a couple of their prospects, so we could do something. Nope. Yeah. It's Croatia. Who knows what's going to happen. So, well, you have to wait and find out. July 5th, Piston Summer League starts Excitement, boys. But that's June 30th. Yes. That's the day. That's, that's the day. And you'll that's get all of that day. great coverage. You'll get all of that stuff on our Twitter, on our website, on our Instagram. We are covering that from the beginning at 6 o'clock. I'll be up covering it till probably 2, 3 a.m. All of that opening night madness, I'll be there for. Are we, are we not invited to the free agency I know party? you guys won't I be thought up. Aaron was I like, you guys won't be up. I thought Aaron was like making dinner and like, you know, putting on a nice little party. Brennan, Brennan's in bed. Brennan's falling asleep in the middle of the draft. I'm like, hey, Brennan, the Pistons just drafted Davidus Servetus. And he's like, okay. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Going to bed. You know, I don't think you're going to be up. You're going to be in bed by 9.30. The so Pistons will have man one now. Jesus. You know, this is, listen, Aaron, don't graduate college. This is what happens once you're done. This, hey, oh, Not wrong. Or And then those nights you don't fall asleep at like 10.30 on the couch, guess what you're doing? Sitting up till 4 because you can't sleep. And then all of a sudden you had to be up by 6.30, and you're like, ah, damn it. I hate myself. Where's the coffee? I need a pot of coffee. Okay, let's go. How about you just watch Anthony Tolliver highlights? That'll wake you up. I'm trying to fall asleep. But anyway, Pistons fans, June 30th, 6 o'clock. The Pistons aren't going to be big players, but they'll be there. But they'll be players. But they'll be there. Is Langston going to be moved? Are they in there for Seth Curry? I'm betting yes. Are they in there I for Collison? Regardless, What's happening? Langston is moved. Let us know. I'm going to take the lead on this one. Let us know on Twitter, guys. What do you want the Pistons to do? Where? What direction do you want? Do you want Jeremy Lamb? Like, what? I'm just thinking names right now. Do you want them to go after Deadman and spend less money maybe on an Isaiah Thomas? What's the move? What do you guys think? We've given our thoughts. We have guys we like. We've brought up names. What do you like? Let us know. Put it out there. Where can they do this, Ryan? Where do you want them to tweet to? Uh, Palace of Pistons. Brendan Johnson. Aaron Johnson, right? Page. You know our handles. We've been saying them forever. I'll Let do us it. Know. I'll do it. At Palace of You Pistons, don't need to do that. They know at our media handles. Brennan, at Ryan Pay, at A Johnson NBA. They know our Facebook, handles. The Palace Let of Pistons know. podcast, Instagram, Palace Pistons, YouTube. Just search up Palace of Pistons. Anywhere you want to go, you can find us. Follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, because we're growing on YouTube fast. I mean, we've got a lot of people joining, you know, the hype train on YouTube because we're putting out great content. Myself, Tim Forkin, the podcast goes up on YouTube. A lot of great stuff going there, but you know where to find us. You know how to interact with us. We had a great fan from, I believe it was Germany, reach out to us through Facebook and talk about our show, and he he wanted us to talk about a topic involving Andre Drummond. Maybe we can get to that next week, but he sent us this really nice message. We appreciate him. I've had some other people reach out to so me. So our German me. friends, thank you. Hey, yeah, can I, we, can I've we, had some other people reach out to me and say they really enjoy the show, they like what we do. We appreciate your support. Continue interacting with us. Continue building that relationship with us. And let's see where this thing goes. I want to close the podcast on one final note. Rest in peace to the palace, man. Mm. How did we not talk about that? There's just a lot going on right now, man. It NBA offseason, it's not even an offseason. There's more... 
more storylines than the actual why season. Is, why is the Pistons off-season more exciting than the in-season? It's just how the off-season is. That's how the NBA is. Yeah. But the Palace, man, that's tough. Knowing that's going down. Well, good Fav- place. Favorite memory? I know we put this tweet up. Favorite memory at the Palace? For me, my favorite memory is when Chauncey Phillips hit the half-court shot against New Jersey uh, to send it to overtime. I was there at that game. That was um, a lot of people had seemed to kind of given up hope. And that shot went in, and that place went crazy. It erupted. I mean, people were in tears. Crazy. And that, that was just, I don't that's a feeling, outside of winning the championship as a Piston fan, I, that might have been the best feeling I've ever had. I'll tell you, I really think, and I look back, I'm trying to remember what year it was, but the first Pistons game that I went to, I remember they were playing the Washington Wizards, and it was the first time I had seen the pyrotechnics. And that's when they really did, like, the flames going. And it got, like, hot all the way in the upper deck. Was it, like, the little soft, just kind of, like, shoot of a flame that went up? Like, it was the full with the piston horn. Like, it was it was nuts. And that starting lineup, the first time hearing Mason introduce the piston starting lineup. And I think it was, like, 05-ish. It might have even been 04. It was 04, 05-ish. You know, and they have Chauncey and Ben Wallace and Rip and Tayshawn, that whole crew. That may be my favorite just because it was the first exposure to it and just that, that whole introductions and the experience was magnificent. Um, but I will say another favorite memory there was uh, the Ben Wallace retirement yeah, night. Yeah, that was going to be It was mine. a great day. That was going to be mine. They kicked the shit out of Golden State, which was awesome. Like, we went out, we killed the Warriors. A lot of so explosives from Brendan this Brendan's week. heated today. Yeah, I, I, I put mean, it out there. I'm just like, I just don't understand. Like, I such thought hostility. We were, I thought we were hey, a little family pos- friendly. Yeah, I know. We're not family friendly. Are we leaving the PG era, going to the TV 14 I mean, era? I want to say we have one or two drop in, but we're at like five or six right Not for now. me, though. I mean, Maybe I dropped two. one. Okay. And you're at like so Aaron's, four. I, th- I've, I, I know I dropped... I guess Two. we're transitioning to our own attitude era. I, yeah. Hey, Gosh. about time. Hey, Eric Bischoff back in the WWE. I, I did see Paul that on Heyman. Twitter. I mean, what are we doing? Like, just okay. Now that so, okay, we're on wrestling. This this podcast needs to end now. You can kind of tell it's towards the end. We've uh, yeah. but those those would be my two. Aaron, anything else? No, I mean you were you took mine like a like a jerk. You I don't have any other favorite Ben memory? Wallace jersey retirement when they beat the eventual seventy three and nine Golden State Warriors, one of the best teams in NBA history. That was going to be my favorite moment. I don't know if you know this, Brendan, but I'm a little bit on the younger side. I don't remember too much that happened at the Palace. One more fun Palace story. Detroit was playing, I think, Atlanta. And uh, we were both at this game. It was several years ago. Um, And I was sitting down right by the Pistons Oh, God, this is great. This is great. And Tracy McGrady takes a half-court shot right at the buzzer of halftime. Nails it. Maybe even longer than half-court. Nails it. And they call it off. They say it was after the buzzer. This intoxicated person in front of me gets pissed, throws their beer towards the court, gets kicked out, right? So you're all, like, fired up. But at this point, T-Mac, he's in Detroit. He's not in his prime anymore. But it's still got that little T-Mac vibe as a younger fan, but knowing what he was. So then after the game, Tracy throws me his headband or whatever and, like, comes up, gives me a high five. That was pretty sweet. Um, also seeing Steph Curry in the in the in the tunnel back towards the Warriors locker room on, on one of the days I had a credentialed access down there and him giving me a little high five and thanking me for letting him walk through like 
like I, I should have done. Um, that was pretty cool too. So one, some good memories of the palace. One other great moment for me was well, I got to watch Derrick Rose's MVP season courtside once, and the other one was, and I think you were there with me. It was against the Bucks. I can't remember if KCP made the three or Andre Drummond Andre tipped, tipped it, in. it in. Andre tipped it yep. in, and the Pistons won at the buzzer. It was an insane game. I'm like, shocked it wasn't when Reggie threw his towel. You went wasn't at the same game? No. No? No. Did I, I just watch the Bucks versus the Pistons like ten times? We've seen the Bucks and the Pistons. I've seen the Bucks Pistons so many times. It's I can't even but remember. I'll all. tell you yeah. what, they, even though the Pistons got blasted, watching Derrick Rose in his MVP year MVP year courtside was a treat because he went off that night. There's been a lot of great moments at the palace. Unfortunately, a little bit on the younger side, so I don't remember everything. But even still, in my short time of really remembering mm-hmm. my time, we, you know, watching the Pistons or being at the Palace, there's still a bunch of memories. I think just Tracy McGrady as a Piston is my favorite memory. Yeah, <laughs> just seriously. straight up. I think this is now my we really memory. have to end the podcast. No, dude. No, what are you talking about? Keep it going. Such a great. Add another hour. Such a huge fan of Tracy McGrady. It didn't even matter that he was 100 years old and a Piston. Love Tracy McGrady. Th- those were some real rough times for the Pistons. And it just was made better by Tracy McGrady being a piston. Long live T Mac. Long love live it. John Kuster. Long live Lawrence Frank. Man, this uh, is some tough times, man. Yeah, some tough times. Lawrence Frank went from being a terrible coach to a mastermind behind the Clippers. So, congrats to him. Um, phenomenal. But, uh, we could have used that in Detroit. So phenomenal. Thanks. So, with that being said, rest in peace to the Palace. But let's keep growing the Palace. Of Pistons. You heard the handles. You heard the YouTube channel. Check us out. Thanks for joining the pod. Next week, we're going to start talking some of that free agency stuff. Because remember, June 30th, we'll have stuff to bring to the table. Summer League will be on the horizon. Good things to come. We will see you next time on the Palace Pistons Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.